Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give it up for Jesus. Wow. You know, we believe that here at the harbor. We believe that we're just getting started. Touch your neighbor and say, hey, you're key to the transformation in this region. And, and that's what it's always been about with Jesus. Jesus has always been about raising up an army. He started with 12, and those 12 became 120, and those 120 became 3,000, and those 3,000 changed the known world at the time. And the vision hasn't changed, really. And so we're really trying to simplify, go back to the basics here at the harbor. It's what we've always been about. And we wanted to remind you today as we launch out on this new year, this new time, that uh, something special is happening in our midst, and it involves you. And we've been telling, we've been having such an amazing time with so many new people that have been coming and being part of the harbor and our wave classes, partners class last weekend. And I believe that it's for such a time as this that you've been brought because you carry something. And those that have been around for a long time, that you carry something unique that this house needs to move forward in the vision that God has. Amen? So it's a special time. Welcome this, this morning, especially if you're a first-time guest. Welcome. My name is Darren Davis. Senior pastor, part of an amazing team here. I get the privilege of sharing with you for a few minutes uh, this morning. And uh, we had a lot of meetings today before our service with, with different groups. We're going to be introducing to you at the end of our time here today some of the small group leaders that are launching out this week um, as we get ready to just re-go after the engagement part of our model. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But we had um, coffee and donut holes, which I found out are very dangerous, dangerous. Donut holes are dangerous. I was telling the team, I said, because I wanted to, you know, we bought a bunch of these, and I, I like being a good steward, so what we purchase, I want to use up. So I told them, hey, these are a newly invented thing by Dunkin' Donuts. These are calorie-free donut holes. Calorie-free. And I believed myself what I was telling the team and took myself up on partaking of this fruit of the vine, if you will. Man, I'm feeling jittery right now, y'all. I'm like, whoo. You pop 10 donut holes in a cup of coffee, you're in trouble. I'm already like this before all that, you know. And I, so anyhow, it's, it's going to be a fun morning. But um, it's, it's a blessing to be here with you. We're... we're like I mentioned, we're launching small groups. This is a special Sunday for us because, you know, at the very beginning, just to tell a little, a little backstory here, when we came down to South Florida and planted the church 15 years ago, um, practically we found that, you know, finding facilities like the one that we're sitting in today, which was a total miracle if you never heard the story, were really hard to come by, you know? But the Lord uses, how many of you know, the Lord even will use circumstances that are challenging, and he'll turn them, and he'll, he'll work them, and, and he'll make them all for the good. You just, you just got to reframe your experience through that lens. Because when God says that he's going to build his church in South Florida, and that the gates of hell won't prevail against it, he meant that. So there's no obstacle too big. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, there's so many challenges, or, you know, it's too costly to live down here, or this or that, or the dolphins are terrible, or whatever the, 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 the reason that we give for the challenges of South Florida. You know, it, 
nothing. Well, maybe some things. The dolphins back to the dolphins. And I'm sorry, Jeremy's leaving the church. That's it. Our key usher is leaving the building. He's been a faithful friend. God bless you on your way out. All right. No, I'm kidding. I like the Dolphins too. I actually, I adopted all of the sporting teams when I moved down here, you know? Come on. You can't be, you can't be not rooting for, for the Dolphin team and all the other team members when you're from, anyhow, you live in here now. This is your city. Come on. But no obstacles too big, right? For Jesus. <laughs> Faith, Darren, faith. It would be an example. Anyhow, so something, something awesome, something awesome is happening, I believe, in, in, this, in this hour. We actually, just, just to let you in on something, we had a, an all-staff gathering with, gosh, I don't even know, must have been 50, 60, 100 maybe churches in Broward the other week with this, with this Church United movement that's happening. Guys, it was incredible. It was incredible. In fact, I was talking to some of the other church leaders, and we're just looking at each other going, what is happening? Like, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, people coming together in the presence of God from different denominations, hungry for one thing, revival. Everybody's using that language. An increase in the number of Christ followers in our region. We were dreaming in this meeting of what would it look like if we saw the total number of Christ followers in South Florida minimally in the next few years double. I got up and I said to the leaders of the churches, I said, do you know what that means? That means that, that every single church in this region is going to multiply times two with the number of people that they're stewarding and giving their lives to right now. That's mind-blowing. And we need to ready ourselves for this because something is happening and it's happening in our church but it's happening across many, 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 many churches in this region and it's only just beginning. And it involves you. Come on, give it up for Jesus. It's awesome. I just want to talk just for a few minutes about us being the light in the world and, and really advancing what's in the heart of God his very kingdom, his very essence, into the broken places of our community. I want, I want you to look at this with me. The mission that was given a long, long time ago to Abraham, and the writer of Hebrews is giving remembrance to this reality that God launched this father in the faith on thousands of years previous. But look what, look what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, and so a whole nation came from this one man. He wasn't talking just about Israel or the Jews. He was talking ultimately about the nation of God's people that were rising on the earth. And he said they came from this one man who was as good as dead. Stop right there. I actually like that part of the verse. You know, a lot of times we read these things and, you know, again, if we're not looking at them correctly, we could get discouraged. That is a beautiful part of the verse because I want to say this, where we stop is where God takes over. And you have to understand that that is a key principle when it comes to revival, when it comes to transforming a city. If we think 
that we're going to do this in our own strength and our power. We are kidding ourselves. And so this one that was as good as dead, God brought the most beautiful, powerful thing to his life, and it's called resurrection. And we need to get the theology of resurrection back into our DNA again. That God raises dead things back to life. This is, this is why, you know, Jesus, when, when, when Lazarus was being raised from the dead, the people are blown away. They're like, my goodness. In fact, the disciples were filled with so much doubt. They were like, Jesus, you don't understand. He's been rotting in the grave for three days. And he says back to them, are there not but 12 hours in the day? In other words, do you think it's strange that God would raise the dead? This is what God does. God gives life to dead things. Oh. Come on, come on. We need to give it up. We need to shout in this place. God gives life to dead things. He's in the life-giving business. In fact, man, we got to remember like the reality of what happened on the cross. I mean, the Son of God was crucified. He was dead. And not only dead, he went into the belly and the depths of hell. Thank God that's not the end of the story. <laughs> Thank God the disciples that, that were scared, you know, something. <laughs> scared. were fearless after they saw Jesus raised again from the dead. Because something got inside of their DNA where they knew that anything and everything was possible. That Jesus wasn't just talking a bunch of hype and filling them with a bunch of emotional language. He was like, listen guys, this is real. We can change the world. And now it's game on. I have risen from the dead. You know what's profound is that we're sitting in these seats this morning and we carry that same resurrection life. What? The devil's like, shh, shh, don't tell him that. Just keep them being nice Christians coming to church on Sunday morning. Don't you tell them that they carry the very life essence of God on the inside of them. That it's possible wherever their feet tread, whatever environment they walk into, that there's possibility for change that could come to that place because of God living on the inside of you. Come on, sister, give me something. Give me something. This, this is the reality of the life that we've been called to live in. He says... There was a nation born out of this one who was as good as dead. Look at this. There were so many people. Well, I'm just hoping that we'll have the majority of the seats filled here on Sunday morning. I love what Alan Platt says when God moved him from having faith for a church to having faith for a city. In fact, you want to know something? We were never actually to have faith for a church. Jesus said, I got that taken care of. I'm going to build my church. Get some faith in you for a city. 
Move out outside of the four walls of, of your religious experience into the realms of transformation. She's up again. Come on. Move out of this, the, the four walls of the realms of your little experience, your religious experience, and move into life transformation that I have for you. Oh, we're going somewhere today. And the only way that he could even give them a word picture of what this was going to look like. He says, it's going to be like the stars in the sky. That's how big this thing is. As I'm writing this book right now about the 11th hour, I'm really convinced that, that in the most dead places is where the greatest realm of life is going to come, and it's going to come in a moment. It's going to come in a flash. People are going to go, Whoa! Tidal wave out of nowhere of life flowing from dead places. What in the world is going on? Don't be surprised when this begins to happen. Coming out of nations that you thought were obliterated off the planet or, or, or realms of our society, of people forgotten or whatever the, whatever the case. Go look for life in dead places because it's coming. It's already begun. You carry the reality for this. And the sand on the seashore. And he says, there's no way to even count. Let that sink in for a minute. Like, it's not going to be like, we're going to be able to tally our little numbers on Sunday morning and get our report back on, on Monday of how many people came to church that weekend. Ugh! Ugh! Right? I mean, it's going to be like, what in the world? We, oh God, help us. Multiplication. Come on, say that with me. Multiplication. This isn't an addition game. This is a multiplication day, game right now. Multiplication. I hated math in high school. Come on, somebody. It was the only class I flunked in college. Confession time. My stepdad was the math teacher at high school, and I had to take his classes. Is there a therapist in the room? It was horrible. My friends would tell me, we need you to get a hold of the tests. Do you know what kind of pressure that is? I would sit in his class and then, man, I'd have to come home and look at him again at the dinner table that night. Oh, triggering. Anyhow, multiplication. I could actually do that, but geometry, <laughs> trigonometry, calculus, tough. The beautiful minds out in the room that work that way, God bless you. Amen. You're a part of this equation. Did you catch that? But when I was dead, I remember, like, I, I, you know, a lot of times we forget. We get in church for a while, and we forget where we came from. But I like to every now and then just kind of remember, in a sense, like how dead I really was. And just kind of go back and just kind of meditate, not on the death that I was in, but on the life that came and visited me. 
I'll never forget, it happened on a Saturday. I'm in the dorm room at South Carolina, my, my, my dorm room, like any other, any other Saturday. A few Saturdays into the, to the new semester in this college that I was attending, and the love of God came into my room. How can you explain that? I wasn't sitting in a church service. I never even had someone come and share the gospel with me. The love of Jesus came and invaded my room. I still can't even wrap my mind around it to this day. But I'll say this much, I'll never forget walking out of that room and seeing the world in a whole different perspective. I remember thinking, my God, anything and everything is possible. Back in the day, they used to have these posters at the Christian bookstore, and uh, (laughs) this is real old school, but man, I wanted everybody to know, and I wanted to put these posters around my room and just, and just look at them and ponder them. And there's one that I remembered that had all of these stars on it. And then it had this verse. I want to share it with you because I would just sit there every day after I came to know Jesus. I would look at this poster and it's Daniel 12, three, look what it says. Those who are wise, I'm going to give some, some to-dos this morning. So often I think we sit in services and we hear things and we never go and do what we hear. I'm going to give you a challenge and I'm going to say, why don't you go on out of here today and get some wisdom? Because it's totally available to you if you would just ask for it. He says, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. I'm a romantic. I'm, I, I, I like metaphor. I get, I get moved by imagery like this. But on this poster, there was these bright, shining stars. This verse. And it said, listen to me, because I'm going somewhere with this. Those who lead many to righteousness will shine Like the stars forever. I was actually away for a few days um, reflecting because it was the anniversary of my mom's passing. But my mom was one of these ones. She was a bright and shining lamp. And I sat out in the mountains of North Carolina one of the nights that I was away. And I looked up at the stars and I said, Mom, there you are, counted among the ones that will shine forever. Because it's not just this life that we shine. We will shine for eternity. But now everything we're doing is practice. It is a dress rehearsal for who even knows what. But it's an important reality that, man, we that are wise are going to be the ones to lead many to righteousness. Well, Darren, I thought that was Billy Graham's job. Well, first of all, Billy Graham is now shining among the stars in heaven, right? But if you look at the ways of Jesus, the ways of Jesus 
We're empowering one who would touch another one, who would touch another one, who would touch another one. In fact, if we did it that way, did you know it would take a minimal amount of time to reach the entire world? If everybody was empowered with wisdom to go and give away the righteousness that you carry to somebody else? And it's not complicated. It's just telling them who they are. Like Samuel was saying, listen, God is for you. He's not against you. It's the reason he sent his son. So many people are so hesitant to even come into the doors of a church because they think, man, i got to clean myself up. i got to do some things and get this all together before I can even go before the presence of God. That is the biggest lie that is out there on the streets. You don't have to come to where God is. God's already come to you. Just receive what he's done for your life. And enter into the beautiful righteousness that he paid for you upon that cross. And it's bearing witness of this reality. Saying stuff like, listen, I used to be just like you under shame and condemnation. And all mixed up in religious self-effort. But God came and set me free with his love. Taught me who I was again. Showed me that there's, there's no distance or delay in intimacy with God right here and right now. We can hear his voice. And then I have a calling too. No matter what I'm doing or where I find myself. That God has made and designed me in a specific way as well. It's not this secular clergy laity reality that we've heard for so long. That stuff's being thrown out the window. God is raising up an army, yes, under leaders, but an army that's being empowered to go into spaces, every part of society, like the video showed us. This is why Jesus, you know, he said, I'm the light of the world, but only as long as I'm with you. And then he said to us in Matthew 5, 14, he says, you're the light of the world. What? No, you got to think about this for a minute. Because he's basically saying the same light that was in me and the responsibility that was in me to come and bring this to you is the same exact light that you now carry and is the same exact responsibility that you now are called to go and give away to somebody else. Move it out. From under a bushel where it's been hidden for way too long. Be free to be empowered and go do what I've called you to do. Well, Darren, it's tough out there. Like, you don't understand my environment. You don't understand my my work environment. You don't understand the, the, the people that I hang around with on a week-in, week-out basis in my employment or where I, you know, where I have to exist in, in the world. Well, John 1.5 says this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Some of the time? No. Never extinguish the glorious light that you carry on the inside of you. Never. I'm convinced as we wake up 
to who we are and to what we possess. You know, in, in our mission that we, we say is the direction that we're going is, is, is true north. You know, people tell me, hey, Darren, tell me a little bit about the church. Tell me, tell me what it's all about. I'm like, true north, man. Well, what's true north? True north is transformation. You know, we can, we can go through the motions and then live a whole life and then die and not really see anything happen. Or we can say, God, give us transformation. I, I'm telling you the truth. We moved into Pompano Beach. We didn't choose Pompano Beach. Pompano Beach chose us. True story. We found ourselves here in this little broken down campus that God began to provide some money to bring refurbishment. And he said, what you're doing in the natural with these buildings, I'm going to do in the spirit, in the city. We heard stories about how there was an old guard that was set into Pompano and they were never going to bring any renovation to the city and never allow it to become something different. And we said, no way. We're going to pray. We started to pray. None of the stuff that we're seeing now with new, new buildings and all the stuff going on in the natural was happening whatsoever when we move here. And I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way. I'm saying that in the fear and the awe and the wonder of God that puts seeds inside of our heart where we start to pray, God, change the place that we live. And then you start to see it changing We came down here on a word that God was going to bring a historic move of God through a conglomerated, united movement of churches that were going to be functioning together for one common purpose. And it's happening right now. 15 years it took us. And you want to know something? Here's the thing. A lot of times we get words and we think, man, it's going to happen tomorrow. And then we get discouraged when we don't see it happen. We're talking about a 6,000-year-old word given to Abraham and another 2,000-year-old word that people were reminded of by the writer of Hebrews. We're called to be faithful in the place of of just settling into a, 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 a rhythm of life in God and eventually, trust me, you will see the payoff, period. But you gotta be faithful. And you got to say, I'm in. I'm putting skin in the game. I'm going to do something about what I've heard. True North, transformed people, transforming culture. And we're trying to keep it simple as we're building. You know, we're not going to do anything that, that, you know, that's outlandish. I mean, for 2,000 years, there's been gatherings with worship, and there's been engagement happening with smaller groups. And if Jesus tarries, it'll go on for another 2,000. They're never going to stop. There's going to be gatherings of people worshiping God. And there's going to be engagement that needs to happen among those people in smaller groups. That's it. With a heart of servant, servanthood to see it all take place. I want to end with, with this thought. Then I'm going to have Julie come up and then we're going to pray over our small group leaders. In the engagement side of what we're doing through small groups, we have a, 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 a belief by faith that everybody that we have the privilege to steward, 
and, and to serve and to give our lives to. That everybody is going to have someone that they're receiving from. In other words, mentorship is going to be happening in their lives. That everybody is going to have someone that they're sharing life with. Friendship. And everybody's going to have someone that they're giving away what they have. I.e. discipleship. So say those with me. Mentorship. Friendship. Discipleship. Now, as I was preparing for this, the Lord said, Darren, that's a beautiful vision. But here's what I want you to challenge the people to do. Flip those measurements upside down and then start there. In other words, begin not with what you can get, but what you can give. You follow me? Because think about this. Julie, come on up. God says, I'm going to turn the hearts of the fathers of the sons, hearts of the sons of the fathers. It's a promise coming. But sons and daughters have been stuck waiting for a father or a mother to come and to give something to them or they, where they can receive something from someone else. And I was asking the Lord about it, kind of scratching my head. I said, God, how are you going to turn this thing around? He said, in the midst of the brokenness, where there's expectations that are going unmet, I'm going to come and meet with that generation, young and old, and they're going to so experience my heart, their hearts are going to get turned to me. A lot of times we're looking for things in the natural, which I believe it, the, the spiritual does par, you know, parallel with the natural. But hear me, a lot of times we also get stuck there when we're looking for stuff in the natural. When God's like, listen, my heart is already for you. Turn your heart back to me. And then fatherless sons and daughters will all of a sudden rise up as fathers and mothers and then begin to give themselves away to a generation of fatherless ones that are in the earth. I was sitting up in North Carolina. I was having to take care of this property. And man, I had to do some tree cutting, which was excruciating work. And I hired this young guy. And the Holy Spirit was like, this isn't just a job for him. I want you to spend some time and talk to him and hear his story afterwards. Oh my gosh, guys. It was the most fatherless story I'd ever heard. But guess what? He had, he had gotten captured by the heart of the Father and his heart had turned to him away from all of his disillusionment. And I was smiling and I was like, oh my God, it's starting. It's already begun. So what would it look like if we all gave starting on Monday? And if we're all givers, trust me, we're going to share some beautiful life together and have a ton of friendships. And there'll be moms and dads that will rise. Many of you that are sitting in this room, that, that people will be the beneficiaries.